and we are back with another episode of The Last Take. Today, just once again, Nebraska beating Iowa in basketball. Bring the yeah, brooms yeah. out. Let's go. And now, best time of the year, it's March. We're going to be making, uh, going over conference tournaments and as well as Final Four p- predictions. Tommy Frazier, he is easily above Cam Newton. I, I highly doubt that. And Nebraska finally beat the Iowa Hawkeyes. Key players to watch, I have Casey Thompson and Anthony Grant. All-time wins-wise, we are still probably easily the best teams. How about that block punt there? That was highlight of the game for me. I mean, their safeties could not handle our receivers. That atmosphere can get pretty loud. Oh, boy. Where do you even get started? This is the last take. Welcome to the last take. So we're going to start off with our news and recap segment. Um, but um, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. i say not too bad. Good. About pretty good. Yeah, we can get straight into that. So Nebraska ball. Gets a huge win over Iowa at Carver Hawkeye. Bring the brooms. Let's first go. Time, it is the first time Nebraska has swept Iowa since the first year we are in the Big Ten. And it's the first time we won at Carver, too, since then as well. So you got to take those Ws. Iowa, you suck. Um, take the W out of their name because they're just not good, right? Iowa. No, I- I- Isla. 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 I don't know. I don't it doesn't know. matter. <laughs> Iona? No, w, no W is going their way, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that game? Because it was a pretty interesting game from what I've seen. Meme to death online. You should have seen the replies. Ooh. I think there's over I think there's over 200 replies to the Iowa on Twitter. To the Iowa it's replies. probably more than that. More than that. I And they were getting meme to death. I think I put five memes in there from my own, and then I put some from the last take. I love it. The meme... The memes are the best. It's their fault, though. It's kind of like Vandy did, too. It's like you don't post the final score if you lose to yeah. a team that you were bragging that you're going to destroy. Yeah. Like all the all the Iowa fans are saying, we're destroying Nebraska on Sunday. Yeah. Did you? Mm, no. So, yeah. And now that's three in a row in most sports, the major sports. So yeah. you got to take those. You got you to gotta get them and keep that going until next year in football when they're in Lincoln. Yeah. But, um. Uh, the Nebraska ball has Minnesota uh, tomorrow, tomorrow night, after Wisconsin plays Ohio State. Um, so, you guys have any thoughts on Minnesota, the Minnesota game, I should I say? Mean, Minnesota, we should be able to take care of business, but remember earlier in the year we only won by three at home? Nope. It was on the road. Oh, it was on the road? Okay. We just played them at home. Oh, yeah, we beat them on the crap. Uh, Blake, you go ahead. You have some. Well, I was going to say we probably should jump back and just recap that Iowa game just a little bit since we didn't really uh, – Go ahead, yeah. You can go to it. Um, but, yeah, I mean – a shootout game, a high-scoring shootout game from Nebraska. Actually, no, I was gonna say we outshot them, which is weird. You can't, you don't see that very often. You have a team that's not Iowa losing the shooting battle, yeah, or winning them a shooting battle. Especially when they just played Michigan State, and that was a high-scoring game over 100 points each. Um, but especially, you know, this version of Fred Hoiberg, a team is defensive heavy. You know, it's not an off- high offense say, production, and now everyone has joined the role. Jamarcus Lawrence. I'm excited. I'm excited for the Dude, future. For him, he was stone cold killer out there in the beginning and lighted up that offense. Um, when we needed it the most. Yes, we needed a good start to the game, and I thought we would have a pretty good start, but I really did not think we were going to drain down the threes like we did. And then it got a little bit close. Iowa took the lead, and we were barely just hanging on. And it, at times, I always felt like we were in it. I really did not feel like we were out of it until I think around like. Can't remember. Like four it, minutes left or so. I say it was pretty close around like the five minute marker. Yeah. It, it just seemed, you know, you're back and forth, but then Iowa started pulling away. It's like, here we go again, yeah. you know. But then 
Uh, the defense really stepped up, got rebounds. those stops. Let's rebounds. say we started getting the rebounds, and then Wilshire kind of stepped up. He had kind of a slow start. Oh, my gosh. I a was, very slow start. I was upset with him, and I know a few tweets out there, and it's just I don't know where he fits. Breidenbach, too, had a really slow yeah, start. Yeah, Breidenbach um, especially was, was one uh, where I just don't know where Breidenbach fits in on this team. I saw a tweet from the great Cornelio, and he said that. And it was like, where does Breidenbach fit on this team? Because... You know, sometimes he can shoot the threes, other times he can't. And he wasn't even solid on defense. It just seemed like he was getting beat on both ends and was taking terrible shots. And then finally... He, he hit started, that three. He hit that three like he does sometimes. And then he started playing steady, and I was happy with him. And then Wilcher also stepped up late and uh, had a three and then uh, got a good rebound and was doing a lot of great things. And this team, man, I, I just love him because... You watch a lot of other basketball teams out there, and they just don't seem as cohesive. Like I was watching the Texas A&M Alabama game, and it just seemed like that they were kind of taking players were taking things from themselves. They would pass some things around. Well, that's just how Alabama plays. Yeah. And then the same style with the Texas A&M, where they were just you know passing, where they weren't passing around as much. Whereas Nebraska, you know, we rely on the passing. We rely on the screens. I mean, our best shooter, re- or he's not the leading scorer, but he's pretty close. I mean, Tominaga, he's he's an off ball guy. He gets the ball. When he's coming off a bump screen mm-hmm. or stuff like that, yeah. so and he just hits the shots. Like this is how he. So this is how he is. We don't have very much creators. It's a place I'll find the open guy. Let's just say Greasel was probably our biggest quote unquote playmaker. Lawrence is up there for playmaking. Yep. But the cool thing with Lawrence, he's a freshman, and based off what we've seen from Tominaga, it's a good sign because we're developing young players. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for the future. I'm. Glad Hoiberg has played for his job. I really believe going into this year, this is a make or break it year, and he's really shown we're making the right steps and uh, towards the future. So I'm excited to see us here in the tournament. See if we can get a deep run, maybe. But and uh, going back to Greasel for just one moment, this can kind of segue into the talking about the tournament and uh, the game coming up in Minnesota. But Greasel kind of has acted a lot like the quarterback on the on the offense. He stepped up in this and, game too. Um, he just really knows how to direct it and point to screens and uh, point to, hey, run this way and get open this way. I think that's part of Greasel's best thing is when you need him, he can, uh, you know, take the ball down the court and then uh, down the top of the key, you know, he can direct traffic and kind of just be your level-headed guy where some things were getting uneasy. I mean, that Iowa game, for example, late going, um, there were some uneasy it's also, moments. It's also part of that senior leadership as well, you know. And he's been running, him and Walker. He's been running that position for ever since he came to Nebraska, you know. And he realized, hey, I need to not just mature myself, but mature for the other guys as well. Be that leader. Hopefully, Sam Hoiberg l- learns as that because that's going to be a spot. Hopefully, next year, because you know Hoiberg came in at the end of the bench, and then injuries came into play, and he stepped. I mean, up he was a walk on. Yep. So, so hoping that Greasel mentors Sam in that way, but just the senior leadership playing that position and realize, hey, I know what to do with this spot. Let's do this instead. So. I mean, we can get a Hoiberg a bit too against Iowa. He scared me at some points. Um, but he stepped up defensively at the end with a the charge. Then he had the um, the steal, I think. He had a steal too. So, yep. Something... He just he hit the he hit the shots at the right time. Yep, and then he always is. I feel like at the end of the game, he's like one of the last people to touch the ball. Like right before the second hit zero. I mean Maryland. Yep. Maryland, he got the in Wisconsin too. The game winning mm-hmm. steal, he beat yep. he beat Wisconsin for us. So yep. and but and then essentially and then him and Tominaga. Mm-hmm. The end of the Iowa game, and whose ball gets the re- who gets the rebound right there to seal it? Oh, Hoiberg got it, and then he passes it out. So mm-hmm. yeah. And you got to think about this too. Nebraska was. 
or Iowa had a huge height advantage against us, and they fit again. They dominated the the rebounds until the end, and it just switched. Yep. Something clicked. So his name is Derek Walker. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Walker and Greasel, but um, it's because they're two go- tallest guys. But um, yeah. So any you guys have any thoughts um with the game coming up uh, tomorrow night? Very winnable. Although yeah. I liked the matchup, I was really glad to see it. Mm-hmm. I was happy to be eleven seed thanks to us beating take. Iowa. Go ahead. So I think this is a pretty easy winnable route for Nebraska till Indiana. Then obviously. I I'm I'm having a tough time against us in Indiana. Um, but out of the Maryland and Minnesota games, I think that the one is actually the, which one we're more likely to lose is the Minnesota game, just because I feel like that we could go in there and just blow up and just kind of just lose all of our momentum. We've seen that before. Whereas if we keep the momentum, then Minnesota can be an easy uh, can be a easy win, and then Maryland I have more hope going into that game. But yeah, Minnesota I feel like. I don't know why. It's just I feel like it's like you have that it's, feeling. Just because we've had a good run going in February, and then now we're into March, you know, and the team has played really solid. I just feel like that Michigan State game kind of exposed us to like how we played earlier in the season, where like games would be close and then we'd lose it by a large margin. But so. Michigan State, you got to remember though, that's a Tom Izzo coach team. That team is not going to give up. That was a tough game, and we had a good game cool. at one point in the second half too. He's so. not loud. I would say your mic's not even on. Is it not? No. Now it is. All right. So just Te- repeat. Just re- yeah, just technical difficulties. Go ahead where you're saying. I was going to say just I think Michigan State, like you said, tough team. And, you know, we had a good lead at that point. So Or at one point in that game. It was unfortunate unfortunate at the end of the game to see that. But, I mean, the team's still, you know, going going into Chicago five of their last six. Um, and I think at least I, I thought we were in a good spot um, going into the Iowa game because – we even though we had lost that, Iowa had improved. They just had a big win at Indiana earlier, or I guess destroyed them. At yeah, assembly. big win. So I think a lot of Nebraska fans were maybe unsure, but at the same time, Nebraska's improved too since their sixteen since uh, the sixteen point victory over Iowa back in December. So I think both both teams I think have gotten since better. We flipped the calendar to February. We've been off. So yeah, I mean, I I, I think that Minnesota. I th- I know the Ohio State win was huge. I know we. Then had a four-game losing streak, but then yeah, like you said, switched to February. Tominaga broke Another out. Team, they, they just played like a t- they just played together. You know, last year I'd say we had the better quote-unquote basketball basketball players quote-unquote. You know, Bryce McGowan's who's in the NBA, Trey McGowan's who's been in the G League, he's in the NBA quote-unquote. The team overall had the better athletes, the better like basketball players. But they weren't a team. It was only Bryce McGowan's when he was healthy. Trey was out for most of the year. We had Walker. Tominaga wasn't even that good, to be no, honest. He was not. My, you know, I've talked about this in the podcast before, but my dad was a really huge skeptic of Tominaga just because of his performance last year. But obviously this year... He stepped it up. He, and yeah. He's him. He turned it around. Yeah, he is him. Like I says on Himanaga. my... Himanaga. yeah. But um, I, was, I bring this up, too, because I was listening earlier. NIT... Net, okay, so they go off the quote-unquote net rankings, some other things too. But Nebraska, I was listening to the ticket today and uh, the happy hour. They did bring up a uh, – Nick bring up a good point, net rankings. We're 92nd, which is pretty bad when you consider 
I don't know what it is, but there's some teams that should not be above us, like Utah. So they were explaining our strength of schedule is 32nd in the country, somewhere around there. It's in the 30s. We are we're undefeated in quad three and quad four wins. We have four quad one wins. Again, we've lost 10 times, but we play in the Big Ten, who is, is one of the strongest, maybe even the best conference you could consider. I mean, how deep the Big Ten is this year? I would say... Big Twelve, I would say well, Big T- Big Twelve is competitive, but also the Big Ten is gonna have the most teams in the tournament. So it, it's very, very, we'll very competitive. I'd say it's what? competitive. I wouldn't necessarily say it's the best conference, but it can, some people consider it the best conference. You know, if you exclude the postseason, the Big Ten is always always has the most teams. Most they do. Of the, most of the time, they do. I think because you get you look at the SEC, it's. It's always like the same teams. Yeah, the SEC. I, the Big I, Twelve is the same way. It's the same teams every year. Big I mean, 12, the Big Ten is kind of that way too, but that's only the top four. I I think I might have mentioned this last week though. The Big Twelve. I think Texas Tech, who's playing better, they they were five and twelve last week in the Big Twelve, and they're in Joe Lenardi's like first four out. That's what I'm going to talk about. And they're the like Texas Tech second. Yeah, second to last in the Big Twelve. So that that conference is, I think, and you know, I, I think really you already said they just perform better in the tournament than the Big Ten. Um, so to me, that's the best conference. But I think like that, you know, there's a good argument that the big the Big Ten with the most teams in the NCAA. The thing tournament. is with Nebraska, though, they're getting way too overlooked for how good we've actually been playing l- lately. We have moved one spot since our six game streak. We've only lost once yeah. in those six games, and we beat some good teams like Maryland, Quad One, Rutgers. I think they're Quad One, and it's on the road. Mm-hmm. So like, it's just. Put it's, some respect on our names. We should be an NIT team. I, even if I think if we win two for sure, we're in the NIT. You think two wins is what? I two was wins. Gonna, I'm thinking. I was wondering at. how many do we need two. to. I'm thinking two. With Wisconsin, they need one to really get in the tournament. I I'd think. say two, maybe two push, pushing it. Maybe two. two, but I'd be really disappointed if Nebraska doesn't make the NIT just because of how well, exciting this team is. Yeah, and I looked. There's some like bra- some bracketologists are saying we're gonna be in it. There's one that says we're going to host Villanova here in Lincoln over spring break, unfortunately. <laughs> I might have to go anyways. Yeah. But um, And then there's also other ones that are saying we're on the outside looking into the NIT. It's really disappointing, though, if we can't make it because this team is deserves deserves it. The fight they put in throughout the season just to get to where we're at. Oh. Now we're officially... We have There is no possibility we finish under 500 unless we make the NIT. Yep. So... It's and crazy. We, even then, I don't even think we will. So it's crazy. This team, when we were losing, how many? How many rows we lose? Five or four or five? I don't. It was four. after Ohio State. We lost four in a row. You would have thought that. And me, I'm like, oh, I know we have a good team, but we're just not good enough to win the games. And I just would have thought, you know, everyone else probably thought that. Oh, Nebraska's down and out, but this team has worked so hard to stay in every game to win the games, and it's paid off now. So I would be really disappointed to not see them in the NIT just because of how entertaining they are. And I feel like a lot of fans are starting to really like the Nebraska team. I mean, you look at the state, if you just look at Pinnacle Bank Arena as we've gone through the year, we're about like 50 to 60% full maybe, mm-hmm. maybe pushing to about 80 some of these games. The Purdue game really started it, but yep. as we gotten better and better, Wisconsin it was almost it was getting pretty close to full. Then we move on. Who did we then play we next? Maryland next. Maryland at home. That was almost 100% full. Minnesota, sellout. Michigan yep. State was really full for, I think it was 99% full, something like that. That's what ESPN said. Yeah, for 
and that was a weekday game. Tuesday. Weeknight at 8 o'clock tip. Yeah. That's impressive. And then I'm in Iowa was full, but it's Iowa. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited to see how we, how do we get, how good we do in the Big Ten tournament. Just keep the momentum. That's yeah, keep it gut, keep it up. Play like we did at Iowa in the the end of the second half. So, um, I'm gonna move into Nebraska baseball. How about that weekend? It was Two fun. straight wins. It was fun to see us beat number seven Vanderbilt, who ended up winning the rest of their games in this. Cambria College Classic, and then Hawaii, who beat Maryland. Maryland, you know, came in number 12, and they lost all three, and now they have a losing record. So it's interesting to see. And then we have the loss to Ole Miss, but that's expected. I mean, the score says otherwise. I mean, we fought our bet If we exclude that first inning. Which, I mean, could have ended before anybody came home. There was a play that should have been called a, a strike. Yeah, it was the pit, that pitch. They really missed that one. We weren't getting what we wanted on that one, but the eight runs in the first inning really killed the game. We did come back. We were only down three, and then they just went on their end of the game. I'm not saying we would have won, but it would have been much closer if you just, like, shut down them. I don't mm-hmm. – Ole Miss is a tough team, but we made their pitcher throw forty almost 40 pitches in the first inning. So. But – Overall, a good weekend, Vanderbilt. I really only thought we were winning one game this weekend when I looked at it. Hawaii. <laughs> yep, Hawaii. I'm like, all right, we got that break game, Hawaii in there. But no, I mean, that Vanderbilt game was so fun. To I mean, watch. It, was, it was. We just controlled it the entire time. If, like, hits wise, we just run it, we had scores or runners in scoring position. We struggled. We could not get them in. Mm-hmm. We were down, we were up one nothing from a good portion of the game. And then they went on their run. I don't remember what inning it was, but they hit. Two homers yep. in the same inning, so they went up two one, and then they got an RBI single, I think. And I'm not, I don't remember. They just got an RBI and they scored three one. I was like, here we go. It's Vandy, yep. one of the better offensive teams in the country, hence why they're ranked seventh. But then we just the homer by uh, Max Anderson really changed it, right? The guy that hit the homer. No, it was Anglem. Sorry. Didn't do my research. But, um, yeah, Anglin hit the home run, and it just changed the game. Took the lead, and we took it from there. Yeah. But, and then Hawaii, 12-3. to That was pretty easy. Pretty standard with how the uh, South Alabama weekend went. So Offensively, we've really done better. Pitching has gotten better. Still, there are— It's still some struggles. There, I don't—there are a few complaints that I have. My, my few complaints are, you know— you can get a pitcher one inning. I'm fine if they have like one bad inning, but you got to pull them. Um, especially in that Ole Miss game, there was a few times where I just felt like. What are you gonna do though? Yeah, it's the number four team in the country who just came off a national championship. Yep. Who is the probably the best offensive team in the country? There's nothing much you can do. You can't expect us to, you know, shout them down. But I mean, hey, I think a lot of sports you should be able to go into it with. You can sort of do those things. I think that all Nebraska sports. Well, we showed it. Vandy. Yeah. We shut them down. I mean, they had way less hits than we did. We had 13, so. But going back to that, and then, you know, uh, who's the pitcher that transferred to to Nebraska? The Wichita uh, Wichita State guys. Yeah. Um, He's been very iffy. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. When he's perfect, or not when he's perfect. Let me see. When he's doing good, he plays fantastic. But then when he's doing bad, because you'll get that out of him, which you've already seen this year, then he really goes off the rails. But, yeah, just 
again, pitching can be cleaner. Like there can always be. It's gotten a lot better though since the San Diego um, series overall. But um, yeah, and then Nebraska uh, this week we got the two game mid week series today. Right now. Yeah, this is a Northern Colorado team that's allowed thirty runs and. Two games this year, so it's funny on Friday. Twelve zero, right uh, Nebraska, top of the fifth. Ding. Okay, I'm not. I'm not scared. But it was funny on Friday. So I have a few friends that go to the University of Washington, and they played Northern Colorado in baseball this past weekend. And one of the games, Washington won thirty-two to seven. And they were talking about that a little in the group chat we have. So I thought that was yeah. pretty crazy. I think that's I a lot of that's a lot of runs. I think Nebraska's playing them next week. But uh, yeah, no, definitely. No, we're not playing Washington. No, no, no. I was saying when I saw that, I oh. said, "Oh, I think Nebraska's going to play Northern Colorado next week." So, yeah, I mean, sounds like we're doing doing pretty good right now as well. And, um, and I know it says on the outline we're playing Eastern Illinois. It's Illinois State. Sorry, Illinois State this weekend. Yep. Yep. So, so hopefully, big long light. Long, we have a ten game, game home stand, and then we have Creighton, and then we're back at home. So essentially, it's uh, a long home stand because Creighton again, it's in Omaha, but it's still it's gonna be a lot of red probably. Yeah, a lot of red there. So that should be fun. But overall, excited to see where baseball goes. Hopefully, we can really pick it up because we got Big Ten play. Big Ten is kind of strong this year. We have see Maryland and Isle or probably the top few teams you got michigan's all right but um but yeah i'm gonna push it over to blake for his mini segment called blake check if you if you didn't listen last week if you haven't listen please but but uh go ahead blake all right yep all right here we go <laughs> gentlemen start your engines uh this past weekend at las vegas hendrick dominated the race uh i saw my fantasy i had uh, joey logano i also actually had the top six starters my Sixth was, uh, um, this is for fantasy. Yes, for fantasy. Okay. Was the 54 Ty Gibbs. Now, here's my thing there's a few drivers where I don't know if they can complete a race, even if they're having a good weekend. There's a few of the drivers, like Christopher Bell was one of them at Auto Club, where I'm like, I don't know if he can complete a race because he hasn't com- completed a race there and he finally did. But, or actually, I don't remember. Anyways, he didn't finish that well. Um, or maybe he did. I'm not doing my due diligence. On Say that. no one's doing our research. I think but anyways, we're getting kind of slack with this. That, that, that was. That I know we normally do. Sorry. That was over a week ago. So, um, but there are a few drivers on my fantasy in my garage, or sometimes my fifth person, you know, or whatever. That I'm like, all right, I don't know if they can finish a race, so I don't know if I want to pick them. But I went with the top six, which I normally don't do. I normally like to spread it out a little bit, like a few from the top, a few from like eight through whatever, and then maybe a, a few outside the top ten if I really know they have speed on the weekend. Stage one, William Byron. Uh, stage two was also William Byron. The Hendrick boys were just up there the entire time. But I'm going to have a new award that I'm going to give each week called the, the Yeehaw Award, okay? Did All you right. just come with that on the fly? No, it was. He would, said this earlier yep. before the pocket was before award, we started I'm recording. I'm going to give it to good old Bubba Wallace with strong all race. One of the fastest cars outside of the Hendrick car. Um, the Fords were terrible all weekend, which is surprising. Las Vegas is normally one of the better tracks for the Fords, for like Kevin Harvick, who is probably one of the only other Fords that were competitive. Um, I had Joey Logano in fantasy. He ended up crashing out, but he still didn't do that well. Um, but it was interesting. So there was a late race caution. Eric Amarola hit the wall, and I think it was the right caution call because you know his car was sideways and he did hit the wall. Um, but he did still keep going. They called it pretty soon, but I'm fine with that one because it actually was... A little, uh, little bit of an incident there, but Kyle Larson had the lead. 
um, or going into the caution, before the caution, William Byron had the lead, and so he lost the lead off a late race caution. So like, a lot of times people complain about that, like, oh, if that caution wouldn't have come out, William Byron would have dominated and destroyed it. Well, guess who took the lead right back on the restart was uh, William Byron because Martin Shirk Jr. stayed out in old tires, which here's the thing that got me upset over the weekend, especially late there. You have that late caution, and like the good uh, America's crew chief Larry McReynolds says, you can't just follow the leader all day. You know, you can't just stay behind the leader and just do whatever he does. Why was Martin Truex Jr. the only person to stay out? I think with the next-gen car, even though there is tire fall-off, I think you can stay out and kind of hold yourself on your own. I mean, Truex only fell to seventh, and that was really just because the restart got kind of crazy and there was kind of shuffling back. I think he might, may have could have finished a little bit better than that, but I don't understand. You know, normally when you're back in the pack a little bit, you can see some drivers stay out, and I, it just doesn't make sense why more drivers didn't stay out because... On the last lap, there was a, caught, there was a crash down the back straightaway, um, a pretty big crash, and that involved some drivers back. But it, you see Jenny Hamlin, I think he was like fourth on the restart, didn't even finish inside the top 10. He ended up finishing 11th. Him and Ross were kind of going at it again. Uh, go figure. They were going at it there in the closing laps. But William Byron, Hendrick Boys are fast. One, two, three for Hendrick. And then you go all the way down to uh, 29th with Josh Berry in the nine. That was his first start in the next-gen car, and he also had issues with his car, I later found out. But yeah, Bubba Wallace, I mean, he's your standout driver that wasn't a Hendrick driver. He was up there all race, had good speed, but no one could catch the Hendrick cars. Um, and then going on to next week, Phoenix, I think this is a track that Ford can actually do well at. The next-gen car, obviously, uh, Chase Briscoe won uh, the first race last year at Phoenix, and then uh, Joey Logano won uh, the championship race at Phoenix. So both Fords, that is a short track, so they don't have to necessarily worry about the arrow as much. But they are coming with the new package. The diffuser stakes are a, a little bit shorter now to hopefully reduce downforce. And then the, there are some other aerodynamic things, like the spoiler is also going to be a little bit shorter. So hopefully it puts it more into the driver's hands to slip inside and around, create passing opportunities. That's the goal. Joe Logano, he's got to be a favorite going in. I don't know. You always have to look at practice and qualifying for fantasy. You know, I don't want to just <laughs> kind of what Anthony did. Do you want to tell say, us about what you did this past weekend? Because this is your first time doing fantasy. I say, yeah, I joined in. I I'm going to join Blake with this one. He's going to be doing all the talking, but I think just for, like, understanding what he's talking about and also never done NASCAR fantasy, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hop on the bandwagon and do NASCAR fantasy. So my start. Unique. Yeah, so my team named Ricky Bobby Goes Fast because there's only one speed for him. Yep. Uh, but my starters were Ross Chastain, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Larson, William Byron, and my last starter, this is why you got to pay attention, I chose Chase Elliott. Uh, don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It's just all of a sudden, like, why is he got zero points? And, like, I'm scrolling through the ro- uh, results. I'm like, why isn't he here? But I didn't even know until, tw- until 20 seconds ago that a replacement driver took his car. Yep. And then Eric Eric Jones was my garage. I'm like, I couldn't got Which Eric Jones was a pretty solid pick besides getting caught up in that last lap crash. He had some good mm-hmm. speed. I say, so, overall, I mean, I'm, I'm impressed with it. I got 222 points. So That's pretty good. Um, I mean, you did have the top two, so yeah. yeah. So, how about you name your starters, and I'll name mine as well. So. Well, I would do that, but but you haven't made your picks, have you? Well, no. So, yeah, we're live on uh, on uh, Twitter right now, so I can't go out of the app and go into Manassas. Oh, I I just did this on the website. I'm not signed in so, on the website. I, all right. Maybe, so I'll give my starters then. If I will see if you approve this or not. So I got Denny Hamlin, Alex Bowman, Brad Keselowski, Daniel Suarez, Ryan Blaney. 
And my garage person is Christopher Bell. Yeah, so those are not bad picks at all. Ryan Blaney is always strong. He finished second in the championship race that, uh, there. You had some um, fantastic speed. Ryan Blaney just is a hot topic debate this week on Twitter just because people are comparing careers right now because he, he only won one race last year, and that was the All-Star race, which technically doesn't count, like, obviously, to your regular season standings. So, um, But you have some great picks in there. Christopher Bell is always fast. It's going to be interesting. Can Hendrick keep up their uh, front load on the, on the top? I don't think so this weekend. Like, maybe Kyle Larson is my would be my pick, or Alex Bowman. Alex Bowman struggled at Phoenix recently, um, but Kyle Larson's been really strong at Phoenix. Uh, but here's the thing: this is not uh, it's not a track that requires a lot of downforce. You know, less drafting. Obviously, you're a Phoenix, so it's a race is more like a short track. So you don't have to do the things that you would at Daytona Auto Club in Las Vegas. So it's gonna be a little different. Uh, the package, I will, it'll be interesting to monitor that over the weekend. I can uh, catch up you guys uh, next week and kind of explain if I saw any differences or not. But, yeah, that's so my pick for the weekend going into it, I don't want to just go out. I think it, I don't know what I said last week. I kind of forgot. I think last week you said – I don't know. Cause I, remember, I think I said Kyle Larson. I, you said – yeah, did. I think you did. Cause and he ended up finishing second. So, yeah. Not a bad pick. So Who's your pick this week? This week – I, I think Kevin Harvick gets done in his final year. Harvick, uh, the Phoenix is his best track, or really probably his, if you look at over his entire career, that is probably his best track. Um, and I think he goes out with a win there. And I, I don't think it'll be his final win. I think he'll get a few wins this year. But I think Ford will show up this weekend, and I think Kevin Harvick will get it done. Currently third in points overall. Yep. So. All right. So that was our quote-unquote news and recap segment. Um, that was take a part does my... Uh, my laptop. Yeah, good job. Um, we're going to take a, a little break, and then we're going to send it over to Charlie for our final four predictions and also kind of going over the conference tournament starting this week. Welcome back. Now we're going to get into some more college basketball. We've got the conference tournaments, at least the Power Five conference tournaments starting here this week. And then we're also going to go over our final four predictions, uh, which we did a few weeks ago. But now, unfortunately, we're not going to be here next week for spring break to make the predictions after the bracket is out. So that is unfortunate. But we're going to do what we can with what we have right now. We've got uh, bracketology pulled up here. I'm looking right now at Joe Lenardi's bracketology on ESPN. Currently has Kansas as the number one overall seed in the tournament. Alabama, Houston, and UCLA rounding out the one seeds. Uh, Purdue is a two seed here. They're listed as a one seed over on CBS Sports and Jerry Palm's bracketology. So just just quickly here, we, we already made our conference tournament predictions last week. And uh, just maybe... You know, knowing if we're going to record here on a Tuesday when the brackets before any play was going on we probably could have made it during this episode other than the ACC they started today yeah ACC did start today but I guess we could maybe talk a little bit more about some of those so uh, uh, Anthony what are your some of your thoughts here on I guess you can say whatever conference is on your mind here All but. right. so I'm gonna go um, probably just a little bit more direction at home I know the Big Ten we just talked about that a, a few or just a little bit little bit ago geez I need to talk but I'm going to go with the Big 12. I think someone here, uh, his name's Caleb, I think he'll like that a lot. Uh, if we start talking about the Big 12, 
Uh, very, very, very deep. I think we just, you know, we talked about it that they could be, they're just as competitive as the Big Ten. Uh, but let's go over their, their tournament if I can actually pull it up. You know, Kansas is number one seed, Texas is number two, Kansas State's number three, Iowa State's at four, despite like having a big drastic fall. And then, uh, no, Baylor's four and Iowa State's five. Honestly, this one, this tournament sticks out to me because I remember remember last week we were talking about Kansas and Texas, the final game of the regular season. Texas destroyed them. Texas destroyed them at home, and uh, Kansas is just as hot as they were earlier. Uh, right now, it's funny of how you come in to a game ranked third in the country, and you lose a big game against Texas, and then, can't be doing that again. Then, it was well, on then, the road and then you though. Consider too. them to be the number one overall seed. They were number one. So, or I mean, no, uh, they were number three when they. Played. I mean, I mean, it was on the road. I don't know why I said they're number one. <laughs> I think we're a bit tired, but yeah. um, Kansas sticks out to me. I picked Texas to win this one. I think Texas is a little bit more well-rounded. However, this tournament is or this conference unpredictable. It's very unpredictable. Like Char- I know Charlie, you mentioned Texas Tech. They're at the bottom of the. Se- they're, uh, they'll se- be playing the first second round. lowest seed. They'll be playing the first round against West Virginia. Um, but you never, you know, Texas Tech. They had a very slow start. They've built it up again. Uh, Oklahoma State, who I actually think is a tournament team, they're at the seventh seed. They're playing Oklahoma. Uh, the interesting game in the quarterfinals to me is going to be Kansas State and TCU. Oh uh, yeah, those those that those That'll matchups have always been hard bound. And then I don't know. It's just going to be very tough. I think this one. I believe I. I'm going to stick on my ground and think Texas comes out with this as the Big 12 champion. I'm going to send it over to you, Mark, and what you think. So I'm going to choose Big 10. Um, obviously, I do not consider Wisconsin to win at all. I just think that's that's a little bit too far of a reach for a Wisconsin fan like myself. Um, I like Purdue to win the Big 10 tournament. Yeah. Zach Eady is just unstoppable. I will say this, Michigan well, State. Stop, we'll just put something to him. Oh. Oh, he stopped, but you just got to put something to him and be aggressive like Derek Walker did in, in the Nebraska-Purdue uh, game. The Adam first said, time. You just got to be aggressive with him. Get him, in, get him in a foul trouble, yes, you make, win. Yeah, have him make mistakes. But Michigan State, on the other hand, though, yeah. they are looking pretty hot as well. So Northwestern, too. Northwestern, they're Look good. Out. Indiana, eh, kind of falling off, but we'll see how it goes. They are the three seed for a reason. Yeah. So, Mark, we were just talking about it a bit ago. You, we were talking about what Wisconsin needs to do in the Big Ten tournament in order to make the tourna- uh, NCAA tournament, and you were saying two two wins, maybe three. So how do you like their chances in that? So I think two wins is achievable. Um, I don't like your second-round matchup. The second-round matchup's a little iffy. You got Iowa. They're one of those teams, like, they won the Big Ten last year. so They can shoot, just, too. Yeah, they're a very, very tough team to play, but... If I do think if anybody's going to do it, other than Nebraska, in my opinion, it could be Wisconsin coming out of that first round. But you can go ahead. Yeah, so obviously Ohio State is a winnable game, should be a winnable game. I mean, they are, they look like the worst team in the Big Ten, lately um, at least. Wisconsin, in their only matchup with Ohio State, beat Ohio State at Ohio State 65-60. to Um it's on the road. It's it was on the road. Wisconsin needs to step it up. Every team starts with a zero and zero record in the Big Ten tournament. You have to keep that mentality and you have to play strong for forty minutes. Um, anything can happen in the Big Ten tournament. And but I think Wisconsin needs 
at least two wins to make the NCAA tournament. Uh, three is the high bar for a Wisconsin team. So I was saying, I was just looking. Andy Katz has them as a tournament team currently. Right so. now, yeah. Also, a fun fact, Wisconsin leads the nation in the long— we've made the tournament for 20 straight seasons. I didn't even know that. That could— Come to the end. Coming to the end. When we beat them last year and then beat them— This year. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, I'll I'll go ahead. Um, I'm gonna agree with you. I think Big Ten. It's one of those conferences. It's like, it feel like it's a different winner every year, or it just it's felt like recently, like Iowa. I'm sure not a lot of people thought they're gonna win last year. I mean, Purdue was really good last year. I, I can't remember who else, but like, think, uh, Illinois Michigan, was pretty like good Michigan too. State's won a few years back when they had like Cassius Winston. Yeah, um, years, so. Illinois was really good last year as well. So. The Big Ten is so unpredictable because <clears throat> these first <clears throat> these first round matchups are very intriguing. I I mean Nebraska, I mean Wisconsin, or uh, Nebraska, Minnesota. I mean, it's what happens. I mean that's uh, it's it's a tough game for Blake. Yep. So um, oh, wait. Yep, I wasn't done. I, I just was zoned out right there because I was like, "Want me to go?" You no, know, I was just uh, no, I was just I'm saying. Not, yeah, no, I'm looking at the time. I was just saying, Big Ten. It's this. It's a weird conference. I don't believe Purdue is going to win it this year. I if it is a year for it should be this year, but I just don't think they have enough for some reason. This is one of those teams. It's just they, they have look flaws, but no one's exploited them yet. I mean, I feel like it's going to happen now. Yeah. Well, Maryland did. Maryland really took a, took advantage of them and I just I just think it's I I'm really they're sent their uh, quarterfinal matchup whoever they play either it's Michigan or uh, Rutgers. That could be interesting cuz Rutgers beat Purdue this year. So, I I mean, anything can happen. I, I'm going to take Michigan State to win the Big Ten this year. Watch out for Northwestern. They're very scary. They're obviously weird seeing them as a two seed. So, But I'm going to take Michigan State. Michigan State's been on a roll, and I think they're going to win the Big Ten. I, that is a change from last week's because Maryland's not that good. So, yep. yeah, I'm going to take Michigan State. This it's The Big Ten's very strong, but, yeah, go ahead. Blake. All right, I'm going to focus on a conference that none of us has talked about, the SEC out in Hawaii. I'm not. I don't even like. I can't say I don't. I don't hate any conference, but SEC I dislike I mean, them a little bit. I to say, I think most people SEC around here, yes. no one really likes them. I think I should talk about it though because I don't know why. I was invested watching that Alabama Texas A&M game, and uh, speaking on it earlier, you know Texas A&M ended up winning. I think I think the reason you were so invested was because everybody here picked Alabama to yes. win the SEC, and you were the only one that picked A&M. Yep. That is exactly the reason. So they both have um, two round buys. Um, so that'll be interesting. They're in the, both in the quarterfinals. Uh, have interesting matchups. I don't know. Going into this, you got Mississippi State, Florida, both nine eight seed, nine eight seeds in their bracket in the second round. Vanderbilt. Um, They're on the bubble. I seen yeah. that on CBS. Eighteen, which is weird. 13, 11, and seven in the SEC, which I don't know is terrible. I think SEC might be the second best conference besides Big Twelve this year. Um, just. You know your top players. So you, have the, yeah, you have the quote unquote number one overall seed. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think so. I think Alabama could probably make it pretty deep into the tournament, um, but I don't think that they'll get to the final four. I just that Texas A&M game was the one game I watched. But I do got to say this: if if they are not shooting, then they were a mess that game. They were lucky really to be in that game. They made a lot of turnovers. 
and it was it was one of those things where it's kind of like a more defensive heavy game it kind of reminded me a lot of like a big 10 style where it was like a little bit more defensive but my pick i still got to go with texas a&m but i do think it's going to come down to texas a&m um, in alabama in the championship game but watch out watch, um, watch out for kentucky and missouri yes missouri very defensive team uh i've only watched I watched a few games throughout the year, and they were very defensively. They will force, they will force turnovers. Kentucky kind of had a dip at the beginning of the season, but they've the turned conference. it around this year. They've turned it around. You know, it's I've, John Calipari. I think is that loss to Georgia really made them think, "Wow, we just lost to Georgia, so they need to turn it around and start winning." So they ended up doing that. But, but Blake, I'm going to go back to the point you make about them shooting and uh, the big, the Big Twelve ACC challenge. Uh, Oh yeah, Big Twelve won. Yeah. Alabama was ranked number two at this point, where they faced Oklahoma, who finished last in the Big Twelve. Yes, ninety-three to sixty-nine was yeah, the final score for Alabama. That's a little scary. That, that, Which I'm like, is one of those things where, like, if they're not doing well, like in that Texas A&M game, they're there's only two points where they just they look so sloppy. Like I don't even know how the game ended up being so close. I think Texas A&M was kind of faltering a little bit there. Also, Alabama is a good team. Yeah. They're so. a good team, but. That that lost Oklahoma, man. That that is that is, talk about a bad loss right there. Well, I mean, I mean, it is still a ranked it. loss, so it's not the end of the world. Well, Oklahoma shot lights out. Yeah, that's Alabama bad. shot thirty eight percent from the field, twenty seven percent from three, Ooh. and sixty two from the free throw line. Oklahoma hit sixty nine percent of their threes. That yeah. is incredible, and right there. So thirteen threes. I mean, that's still a decent amount of threes taken in the game, and. It's a good percentage, too. Yeah, and then you bring up the Texas A&M game, you know, 33% from the field, 19% from three. So if they're not making their threes, they can't win. Yeah. So that's a very good take that you made right there. Sounds like Nebraska. <laughs> All right. Let's move it over. Charlie, back to you. All right. So, yeah, I, we'll just go ahead now here and go around and make our final four predictions. Um, so You didn't want to talk about the what the Big East? No, the – just pick your conference just quickly. So, all right. So we'll uh, Western Coastal. I was I was gonna do the Big East. We West Coast tonight. We have St. Mary's and Gonzaga playing for the West Coast uh, West Coast title game. Um, that one that's being played over in Las Vegas. Uh, they've met. I don't know. It seems like it's those two teams at the end. We kind of just. It's the third time they've met this year. Yeah, we kind of just last week. We made that all the other teams. You know. Not to be disrespectful or anything, but I didn't think anyone besides Gonzaga or St. Mary's would be in the game. I thought it would be those two, and that's where we are now. So uh, looking forward to maybe catching some of that game tonight. And just St. Mary's won the first game they played. Gonzaga beat them uh, when they played just, I think, last, or two weeks ago. Last week. Last week. Or no, yeah, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. I know. I was looking at, uh, at least in Joe Lenardi's bracketology, it looked like Gonzaga was currently a number three seed, which was higher than I thought they would be, but they're playing really well right now. And then St. Mary's still is right on the five line. Um, so that, that's where CBS has them as well. Gonzaga is three and St. Mary's three and is five. five. So we'll see what happens. You, I mean, maybe could St. Mary's move up to a four if they win? We'll have to see Gonzaga. I don't know. if I can't really see them being a two seed. Um, so I don't know if they're going to move up. I, I mean, really, I could only see him moving down. I thought they were a four seed, but we'll see what happens. Um, you got the Big East tournament coming up as well this weekend, which we talked a little bit about last week. With now, at the time, we were saying five teams that we could see winning that. 
Um, from what I saw, from what I've seen, I would maybe say four. I, I'm not really sure about Providence. I talked a little bit, a little bit about them last week, but uh, Marquette, Xavier, Creighton, and uh, and UConn, all teams that I could see winning that conference as well. So that's going to be a fun tournament to watch as well. Um, but now we'll just go ahead and get into our final four predictions, and we'll also give our national champions. Like like I said earlier, don't have the final bracket yet, but we're going to do what we can here. Uh, so I guess we'll start with you. Uh, we'll start with you, Blake. Here, get give me your final four. All right. So I'm gonna pick Kansas. You know, I just think they're a solid team, and I think they're one, gonna be the ones to do it. I mean, if you look at across Big Twelve, SEC, Big Ten, you know, you got the one seeds in each time on each side. You got an Alabama. Um, Purdue's not a one seed anymore, but they were at one point. And out of all the teams, I feel like Kansas is the is the only one that can live up to their true potential out of there. And that's out of that Midwest. I'm looking at the ESPN bracket. And then uh, West for Las Vegas. You know, you got Kentucky in there. You got Texas. You got UCLA. Um, I think Big 12 is the best conference. Texas probably could get into the Elite Eight. But I'm kind of liking Kentucky there from the SEC. You know, kind of sneak through there. Hot take. But, you know, they're, they're a six seed right now. Wouldn't it be the first time? Uh-huh. And uh, sneaking through there and kind of being the one from the SEC that is kind of like you underestimate them and they get through their conference because, you know, the way I look at it, you know, you've got your conference play. I think that there will be a, some difference between conference play and how it goes into the tournament. I think the Big 12, that'll be probably pretty uh, same. Uh, like what you'll see in the Big 12 tournament is probably what you could see in March Madness out of the Big 12 teams. But for other conferences, I don't think so because I think the Big 10 will play different. I'll say you'll have like nine <clears throat> nine Big Ten teams, but over half of them are out after the first round. Yep. So, and then going to the East. Did you pick uh, Kentucky in that one? Yes. Okay. Going to the East, New York side. Okay, let's look here. You got Creighton there, Big East. I kind of like that, you know. But is this their year? I just, you know, I used to be a Creighton fan. I, I'm still point five percent Creighton fan. Okay. So you're point five percent Jasker. Yes. Point five percent Jasker. For how much I want to say, oh, Creighton's going to the Final Four, they are not. I just don't – they're just one of the teams where I've watched them so much, I just cannot see them finally breaking through and going that far in the tournament. You got Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee's actually as good as they are. Um, Tennessee's the one team that, like, is always a higher seed but somehow loses in the Sweet 16. I got Houston. Houston. That's, that's a solid pick, solid pick. And then going up should be the they sh- honestly should be the number one overall seed. Going up uh, record wise. Excuse me. Going down south, east to south to Louisville. Who do I want here? I mean, you got Duke a seven seed, uh, San Diego State a six seed, TCU a five seed, Alabama a one seed. I think Alabama can make it deep. I think they'll lose in the Elite Eight. That's my prediction for them. Uh, TCU, I think they'll also have a good uh, strong run, maybe to the Sweet Sixteen, maybe to the Elite Eight, but. You know, you all, you also got right now they're facing against Drake, um, and then you got Xavier and Yale, and so whoever wins that game, obviously you play them next time. So I don't know. Going there, looking down a little bit, Penn State, K State. I kind of like K State a little bit. I feel like they can overachieve in March Madness. Um, and they have before. That's why I'm going to pick K State. K State to the Final Four. So you got how many? You got Kansas and Kansas State yep. in the mm-hmm. Final Four. What a what if they played in the national championship in that? That would. That Who's would your crazy. champion? Who's my champion out of those four? You don't. don't you don't have to put this on the graphic. I, I feel like it's kind of easy just to go with the number one seed, but 
I'm going to stick with it. I think Kansas does it. Kansas, Kansas two times in a row. Back to back. Blake's back. Which, which would be pretty historic. So, Yep. All right, well, it's Florida. All right, so I'm going to go over to you now, Mark. I know you like Marquette to win the Big East. You picked them. Do you think that they have Final Four potential, or who, who, who do you have in the Final Four? So, you know, coming out, looking into the Midwest region, looking into the Midwest region, Marquette and Kansas are in the same region. Um, you know, that sets up that would set up to be a really good matchup. I'm going Marquette in the re- coming from the Midwest region, which is a big big thing, but I'm I'm riding with the Golden Eagles as my first team and that's from the Midwest Kansas City region. Uh, what bracketology are you using? I'm using ESPN. Okay. ESPN bracketology. So, so there yeah, there are three seed in there. So the, yeah, that's Kansas tops who's the number one overall seed. That's their region. Yeah. Um, next, I'm going over to the South region. Um, you know, I see Alabama and I see Purdue. You know, the Big Ten and the NCAA tournament has done okay. I'm going to take Purdue to the Final Four. I see Alabama, but then I also see Purdue. <laughs> so I, I see, I'm going to Purdue with Zach Eady and crew. That'd be a fun elite elite eight matchup, I think, if those those two teams were to play, both those. It'd, It'd be, be very interesting to see Zach Eady versus Brandon. <laughs> I mean they wouldn't be facing off like guarding each other, but, no, but like nat- just the national overall player candidates of the year. Yeah. Well you know, Brandon Miller did, got snubbed from the Wooden Awards, so So next we're gonna go to the East region. I see Houston as the one seed. I see Baylor I think I think it's crazy. Baylor is a two seed here, and they're the five seed in the Big Big Twelve tournament. I think that's just crazy. But then that's I see awesome. I see Tennessee. So I'm gonna take Houston out of the East region. I mean, yeah, I can't really I mean, deny that one. That's a good one. So Houston for the East region, and then now finally the West region. I see UCLA as the one seed, but I also see Virginia, but I also see Gonzaga. But you also see Texas. And then who else you see? Uh, Kentucky. I am not picking Kentucky to go to the Final Four. Um, Wait, really? <laughs> sorry. I thought <laughs> you were going to follow me. I'm going to take Gonzaga to the Final Four. Right. National Zags. champion is not going to be Marquette. Yeah, I think Gonzaga, like... Oh, sorry, you're going to yeah, make your national champion. Say, yeah, yeah, national champion will not be Marquette. <laughs> Although if they do make it to the national championship game, I'm sure that would be a... Very interesting game. Um, I'm gonna take Gonzaga to win it all. I was just gonna I've say a lot. Of my they've been there, before, but I they think, can't win it. Well, I was just gonna say I think maybe since they're a lower seed, they may not feel that pressure that they have. They're you know we've seen them as the number one overall seed in this tournament, you know, multiple times now. Maybe they're a three seed if they're a four seed. They've you know they'll still. I, I mean, I can easily see them winning a couple games in this tournament for sure. Second weekend, and I think they have Final Four potential. I'm really excited to see what happens. But Gonzaga, yeah. for, uh, according to ESPN, second round could be Gonzaga, that Kentucky. That would be what that, a that, game. That would be a great game. Oscar Shibway versus Drew Timmy. Oh my. Yeah. All right, we'll we'll move on to you now, Dylan. All right, I'm using both ESPN and CBS because some have some are. Between the both, uh, they kind of have their flaws and their benefit, like good, good ones. But um, so my my once my first team, I'm gonna pick. I'm just gonna start down. I'm gonna go the backwards way. I'm gonna go west. I'm taking UCLA. Um, 
they just overall just looked very good. They they got revenge over Arizona. They beat them pretty good. I just think they're overall favorite in the Pac-12 now. I would officially say, and they're a very scary team. Johnny Juzang, look out. That that I'd say though that um, entire region is very interesting. Um, you got UCLA, St. Mary's, Virginia, Kentucky, Gonzaga, and Texas in that one, according to ESPN. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I have UCLA coming out of the West. Um, I'm gonna move over for the CBS. Um, I'm gonna take Gonzaga to make the Final Four. Um, I just, I just feel like they've they've really turned it up. They've looked very good again, especially against St. Mary's when they played the second time. We'll be interested to see how how it goes tonight in the West Coast Conference Championship. But I just feel like Gonzaga, Drew Timmy's probably his last year. Again, he actually has another year of eligibility. I've seen that, so that's um, interesting. But he was playing like what? Six? This will that'll be his seventh year. I'm pretty sure. Which is nuts, but um, but I just feel like Drew Timmy, Julian Strawwerther, you got Hunter Silas off the bench, and he's really played very well recently. Gonzaga, and Gonzaga in general has just played very, very good lately. I just feel like they can come out of the Midwest. I'm just Houston, they're num- the number one overall seed, but it's a little. Eh, they kinda, lost to kinda, Bama this year, dishy, so yeah. they've 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 lost to Alabama this year. It's really interesting to see how that would go, but. I just feel like Gonzaga can come out of the Midwest. Um, and I'm going to move to the South. This one's really tough because one has Kansas there and the other one has Bama, so I don't know. But I want to – see, Alabama, they're really good. But I kind of agree like Blake saying, like, they'll win a couple games, but – They'll have one. I, I I can just see them having one of those games like they had against Oklahoma or A and M. It's just they just don't play as good as they should. If they can't shoot the three, they will lose. Yeah, um, but this, this entire you know region, according to CBS, is really interesting too. You, you have Duke, Indiana, Missouri, UConn, Kentucky, and Kansas State. That is a loaded a loaded region. And it's just really interesting to pick. Um, I don't know. It's always, this one's it's really always tough. tough. Always tough. Um, let's see. Do you need to do the eeny, meeny, miny, mo? Yeah, I'm thinking. Mm. I know I was dogging on you earlier for UConn. I'm just going to take them out of this region because I don't think Alabama's going to win the region. So... Uh yeah, I'll just take UConn. They're they're very scary. They they could easily win the Big East. And they, they can really ruffle some ruffle some people. I say, you guys know I've been very high on this team throughout the whole year. They've beaten Alabama. They've beaten Iowa State when they were they were hot. They've had a few rough you know, when they come conference play they had to adjust a little bit. But they've beaten Providence who they've not knocked out. They've beaten Marquette, they've beaten Xavier. So they they've hung in there. They just had a few bad losses, but they are they are legit when they find the right timing. And right now they're having a five game win streak. So they all right. They, I think they can go it. But yeah, all right. So my final one for the East. Very very interesting. Um, 
I wish I didn't use two bracketologists. I should have just used one because it's really confusing. But um, let's see. So I so you have UConn, oh jeez, Gonzaga, and uh, UCLA. Um, give me KU. <laughs> yeah, just go KU. to. I mean, win it out. Pick KU. Yeah, it's just it's KU. They've just looked. They've been one of the best teams in the country all year. Again, the one loss to Texas, but that's regular season, and I'm a Texas hater. So yeah, horns down, horns down, and I'm just I don't think Texas is in my opinion. I don't think they're gonna win the Big Twelve. I think KU should win it, but um, yeah, I think KU is just one of the best teams in the country. They're not even the best Texas school. Texas? Yeah. Who's bet? What? Are you Taylor? Baylor, TCU, uh, Texas Tech. I guess TCU did beat Texas recently. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm gonna just take KU. They, they just look the best. So go ahead. All right. So are you? Yeah. You're you're the host. I can go, or you can. go. Yeah. No, you can go ahead. Uh, I'll I'll finish it off here. All righty. I say yeah, that's hosting. I say that's smart. So, I'm gonna be using a CBS because I've. They just update a lot more recently. Like I know ESPN does a very like accurate representation, but also I like the constant updates that CBS does. Um, so we're gonna. So they once again they do their brackets kind of differently. Like uh, they have Alabama number one uh, in the South region, but so I'm gonna start there in the South. Um, you know I'm I'm just gonna flat out say I still got UConn in this. Uh, Alabama, like I, like we've been saying, if they can't shoot a three, they're pretty much done. Duke is going to get upset by Oral Roberts. Charleston, I think, is going to beat Indiana. Kentucky will make it out of the first round, but then it all just depends on Kansas State. Honestly, then there's only two teams remaining. That's Missouri and UConn, in my mind, and they're going to play each other second round. So I'm going to get go to the UConn Huskies. Then we're going to go to the Midwest region. Uh, Houston's number one, St. Mary's is five, Tennessee, Gonzaga, Creighton, Texas. Uh, Texas is very well-rounded in this. Gonzaga, in my mind, has kind of flown under the radar cause, just because of non-national uh, coverage that they get. Uh, San Diego State is very, very uh, – they're, they're a good team. Uh, they, I think they can upset Gonzaga, but once again, Gonzaga is pretty good. Tennessee, I don't trust them in tournaments. St. Mary's, I'm not sure if I can – I'm not sure if I can quite trust them yet. So then it's either Houston or Texas. I think I'm just going to go with the safe bet for now. I'm going to go with Houston, but maybe when the actual bracket's out, then maybe if this works out, I'll pick Texas. So I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, did you ever, Dylan, did you say you're national champion, by the way? No, I did not. So you go ahead and finish that. Um, uh, I'll take, I'll just take uh, KU, the winner all next year. All right, back to back. Hey, that's. Hey, I like that thought, Dylan. <laughs> All right. Well, I just pretty much everything Blake said. Yeah. <laughs> KU. All right. So in the West region, we got Purdue, Miami, Xavier, Northwestern, Baylor, Michigan State, and UCLA. Uh, mm, very interesting. Th- well, this is tough because, like, once again, we just talked about for Purdue, they are beatable, uh, even with a 7-5 giant and Zach Eady. Miami, they're very competitive. Xavier... Do I trust them as a four seed? I don't know. I mean, a couple years back, they were a two seed and lost to Wisconsin at a buzzer beater. So Xavier, as a high seed in tournament, does not always uh, go well. Northwestern, Northwestern as a six seed, in my mind, is kind of disrespectful. Just wait. 
Um, They'll go up. Hoping. I'm hoping they do so because Northwestern deserves that credit. Baylor is pretty good. Michigan State. Uh, they've turned it up. They say they've turned it up. They've, they're, they're now becoming the team we expected them all year. And UCLA, you know, has just been pretty much dominant all year long. Um, and this one, I'm going to follow Dylan. I'm going to go with UCLA. This one, it's gonna be. It's pretty much close between them or Northwestern in my mind. Uh, Bolt take there. Northwestern can make the Final Four, um, but we'll just have to see how that goes. And then in the East region, Kansas, Texas A&M, Virginia, Arizona, Iowa State, and TCU. I'm gonna go with the team that no one has mentioned yet. I'm gonna go with Virginia in this one. Uh, you know, Tony Bennett, very good defensively. Uh, right now, their biggest. Co- uh, opponent would be Kansas in that matchup, and then I think they'll face like Arizona or something in the Elite Eight, and then they'll get the win over there. Um, they do have a tough, according to this, they have a, kind of a tough first round. Iona, Iona, but I think I think they can handle them very well. So it just depends on if Sam Houston can upset Texas A&M or not. Uh, out of those four, I think my national champion, um, Kansas. I didn't pick Kansas. I know. Oh, uh, man. I should just take Kansas anyway. Yeah. I mean, not? oh, well. I'm going to probably go with UCLA as my national champion. That's not bad. I was kind of looking at them, but I'm like, well, let's look at the other, like, especially using, are you using ESPN, right? Uh, CBS. CBS. Okay, so, like. So that, that's kind of where it's different, too, because yep. UCLA, I know, is a one seed right now in the region, but 27-4, and four, they ha- they've only had two two-game losses, and that was to. Illinois, who's actually relevant at the time, yeah. Baylor, who's relevant, but they only lost by, they lost less in single digits, and then their other t- uh, two loss game was against to Arizona by single digits to USC. That one was by single digits as well. So they've hung in pretty much all games. They've played some very close ones that they managed to find ways to win, uh, and they just, you know, and that dominant win over Arizona really helped over. So. I got UCLA in, in my national championship. I would say I think it's coming down to KU UCLA for mine. I think that's the national championship, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. all right, we'll just have to see when the brackets also come out. Yeah, it'll be who knows? Games. Maybe they might be on the same side or right? even in the same region, depending on how tournament plays goes. All right, so I'll wrap it up here with my final four predictions. I'm trying. I was trying to think just a minute ago what my final four predictions were. Uh, just a few weeks ago when we picked. I think I had Alabama, Tennessee, Arizona, and St. Mary's. Yeah, say I'll pull it up. So I got it for you. I do have some similarities to that. So I was looking at ESPN for a while, but the reason I now I'm looking at CBS is because there are four teams that I was just thinking about that would be my Final Four. And if I'm looking at ESPN, I think I would honestly have St. Mary's in the Final Four still, and I just don't see that happening. So I'm going to look at CBS. Um, so out of so in CBS, number one overall seed, the Alabama Crimson Tide, number one in the South region. And looking at that, I really like them in that region. Just they've been consistent, twenty six and five on the year. You know, a couple of tough losses at Tennessee, at Texas A and M. We talked about the Oklahoma loss in the uh, SEC Big Twelve Challenge, but I think overall, when you look at what they've done in the SEC, they've looked really good. And I just think I'm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they do in the SEC tournament. Tennessee lost their starting point guard. He's out for the year. So I don't really see them losing in the SEC. Maybe somebody like AM could beat them again, but I think it's going to be tough. And I just see them carrying that into the tournament, and I see them uh, winning their region as well if they stay on the one line. 
Um, so that's that's my pick there for the South region. Moving over to the Midwest, and I'm going to take another one seed here. I really like Houston. I watched a little bit of that Houston-Memphis game this past weekend. Kind of scary, though, that they hung in that close with Memphis. Yeah, but Memphis is a tough team, especially on the road. They've yeah, I would got, say that's on the road. They're that's a really tough team, and they, I think they're going to challenge him again if they potentially meet this week. Um, so, But I just really like Houston, I think. It'd be interesting. Houston and Alabama played earlier this year, and Alabama beat them at Houston, and they've only lost one game since then, and that was to Temple. Tough loss. By one. By one at home. So I just really think this is the year. Uh, I mean, they, they didn't make the Final Four two years ago, and then they had a tough game against Baylor and got blown out in that one. But I think uh, Kelvin Sampson, the coach over there, is going to he, – you know, he's one of the most underrated. I think he's – I don't even know if you could say he's underrated now, but he's had that team just competing every year. So I think they're going to go back to the Final Four. Um, and then moving on now to the West region, and this is why I'm doing CBS here, is because in ESPN they had Baylor and Houston in the same region, and I think both of those teams are Final Four teams. I'm going to take in CBS the number three seed, Baylor Bears, out of the Big 12. We were talking about it a bit ago. Number five seed in the, uh, in the Big 12 tournament right now. Had a tough game against Iowa State. Uh, did not play well, but, you know, you look – them at their ceiling. I mean, they, they've looked really good. They beat Kansas earlier this year. They beat Texas. They also lost to Kansas and Texas, both on the road. So kind of an up-and-down team, but I think they're, you know, they're just such a tough team to play against. Playmakers all over the place. You can't really cover everybody. Um, it's, you know, reminds me a lot of ways, probably not at the same level as, they're definitely not at the same level as that team two years ago that beat Gonzaga pretty easily in the national championship and just seemed like they beat everybody pretty easily that tournament. But I think they're going to go back to the Final Four if they get things going again in a good direction. So I like them out of the West region. And then the East East region, I'm going with Kansas. Uh, I think just another really good team in the Big 12, defending national champions. So that'd make it two, two Big 12 teams for me. So I got Alabama, Houston, Baylor, and Kansas as my Final Four. And then for the national championship, I'm going to take the Houston Cougars. Win it all? To win it all. Wow. I think they will, that'd be, in this case, they would beat Kansas in the Final Four. And then I'll I'll say as my national championship, I'm going to say Baylor and Houston in the national championship. A rematch of the Final Four matchup just uh, two years ago. And this time, I think Houston's going to get revenge for that loss. I think they're just, they've shown all year. I think that they're the best team I've seen. Yes, they play in that conference, but I I have, I will say, I have fallen for Gonzaga, you know, being the number one overall seed. I think we all have. So maybe that's going to happen, but I I just think this Houston team is really good. Uh, There's no doubt Kansas and Alabama uh, right up there with them. We kind of re- don't really know who's going to be the number one overall seed because uh, Joe Lenardi on ESPN has Kansas. Jerry Palm on CBS has Alabama, and we think maybe Houston should be the number one overall seed. They maybe probably they should. will be after this week, but we'll have to see what happens. And I know we've already got two Kansas picks uh, so far, so I'm going to go with Houston. I really like them, that team this year, but just excited for the tournament to get started. We've got Selection Sunday. Uh, coming up this weekend, so conference tournaments, of course, first. But really excited, my favorite time of the year. Uh, so those are our those are our final four predictions. And now I'll send it over to Anthony to wrap things up. I'd say I will say this though: uh, we will take a week off because we are having spring break. Unfortunately, that's about the time uh, Selection Sunday comes out, and we can actually like 
make a real pick for once. Where the brackets are actually out. Yes, when the brackets are out. But you'll have to follow our Instagram and Twitter. Uh, We will make a a little graphic of our national championship predictions. We'll have a tournament challenge as well. We'll do a tournament challenge. I think Dylan's setting that up. So just be a lookout. Follow our Twitter, uh, Last Take 22. Uh, TLT is capitalized as well. And then follow our Instagram, the last take pod, all lowercase. Um, so you have to follow out. Uh, there will be a link as well for that tournament challenge if you want to join, mm-hmm. I believe. So, um, but yeah, I think we're getting pretty excited about it. March is the best time of the year, uh, sports wise. So, and we'll have to say this Blake did uh, leave us for a little bit. He has a concert that he's going to go to. I was going to say, and then um, our next episode, we'll go, we'll recap the what would be the first round or two. It'll be first, the first, two, first yeah, first, be the two first, first two rounds. First two rounds, and we can go from the Sweet 16 out. So, yeah. Depending on what we do, maybe Sweet 16 will be going on, but we'll have to find out. So when we do it, I should say. All right. So this concludes last. This concludes this episode of the Last Take. So signing off, it's Charlie, Mark, Dylan, and behalf of Blake. And my name is Anthony Gumat. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you on to the next one. Peace out.